I want to welcome you to the show, Sports and Hip Hop with DJ Mad Max. We have one of the nicest in the game. He's a true MC. He comes from battle rap, actually, and he's making yeah. some noise in the industry. Finally, I think the time has come this year. 2022 is your year. Busy Crook, welcome to the show, Sports and Hip Hop with DJ Mad Max, man. How's it going? Mad Max. I appreciate it, man. Thank you for having me. Of course. I know you have big things planned in 2022. Is everything yes, panning out so far, even though we're not even only a month in? Just to get it started, everything's going flawless, man. I can't, I can't complain, bro. It's all God, all on God's time. Some big things on the way. I saw that you recently took a picture with Kanye West. You got some work with him on the way. Um, man, we we putting it out there, man. We we manifesting it out in the world. Um, I met him at a at a New Year's party at in Miami, and uh, we got to chat with up for a bit. What did you guys talk about? Um. Uh, I was drunk, so you know, mostly drunk conversation. Um, but yeah, man, uh, it's, uh, it's my favorite. That's my favorite artist, and uh, you know, hopefully, I can um, contribute to Donda too. We just put it out there in the universe. That's gonna be fire. It's gonna happen. Yeah, yeah, man. I know that you're on a positive wave here. I've read about your whole life story. We'll start from the beginning of you. Growing up in Miami, how was growing up in Miami? Because you lived in different parts of Miami as well, Fort Myers, and you had your time in Egypt. But how was Miami? Yeah. So I was born in Miami. Um, I grew up in North Bay Village. Um, then I moved to Broward, um, where I spent a couple years in Miramar, and then we moved about two hours away to this place called uh, Cape Coral, Florida. And um, oh, I mean, I think, I think. All, all shaped who I am today, man. Um, you know, definitely got the inspiration from Miami. Um, I feel like I met my core friends in uh, in Miramar and Fort Myers, and Fort Myers just, you know, uh, just helped me aim for the stars, man. It wasn't much to do out there growing up, um, so I just took the time to perfect my craft and just hustle. Did you fall in love with hip hop before you went to Egypt? Um, I think right after, I think right when I came back. Yeah, yeah, right when I came back. Your father was a bodyguard for a royal family out there. Yeah, man. Yes, yes. Shout out to the Alfasi family. Um, and yeah, when I came back, I heard Eminem for the first time. My name Uh, is. My name is, yeah. And my big cousin who played it for me, I instantly looked at her and I said, yo, this is what I want to do. And that's how it started. I remember, I remember in school that week, we was talking about like what we wanted to be when we grew up. And all these kids are saying all different types of things. And like, I wanted to take my time. And I told the teacher, oh, can I answer it next week? And I wanted to come up with something really good. And then I, I, went, I went home that, that for the weekend and discovered rap music and came back. When I told her I wanted to be a rapper, she wasn't too uh, fond of support. <laughs> you know? Being out there in Egypt, and your father being the bodyguard for the royal family, that actually helped you get your deal because they had ties with a connection in a record label in Miami and you'd eventually be sending them music at the age of 13. Yeah, yeah. So so what it was... Um, I think it was the Royal Dollar, right? Royal Dollar Records, exactly. So family of the, of the, of the royal family lived in Miami. Her nephews, uh, Faisal Alfasi, he had a record label with this guy named uh, Mello from Brooklyn. And uh, they own a record label called Royal Dollar. And um, my pops used to play to my music um, growing up. 
And they'd be like, oh, cool, cool, cool. And then, you know, and then finally when I was 16 years old, I sent the record uh, I made after getting out of Juve. And it was like, yo, this shit is hard. And that's how we started rocking. How were you able to get yourself out of trouble? Because I read about what happened when you were younger with the yeah. incident. How were you able to get into that mindset of getting out of trouble and turning your life around? Because at the age of 18, you would yeah. sign your deal with Moore Scott. Yeah, man. All it took was one time, bro. Uh, spent I spent... I spent almost a month in juvie. I spent three weeks and I knew, man, this shit, this ain't for me. There's no girls in here. Yeah. <laughs> so you feel me? I'm being told what to do. I'm being told when I can eat. Um, you know, and my girlfriend at the time, like she left me and got with somebody else. So I'm like, Oh no, nah, I can't do this. No. Um, you know, so I just got smarter and just got more, felt more in love and more, more deep into the music. You're, you're working with the Royal Dollar. You're sending them your music. You're with them. Ransom, you were reaching out to Ransom of the A-Team and helping him get yeah. signed to that label as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, yeah, what well, that did never went through. But, um, you know, they was like, yo, so what do you listen to? And I put them on to Ransom, who at the time was my favorite rapper. And um, they reached out and Ransom, I was familiar. Um, and that helped me build my relationship with Ransom. And, um, you know, it got to the point where, like, you know, anything I sent Ransom, he would send me the verse right back. So, like, you know, I was doing songs with my favorite rapper while still in high school. And, uh, you know, it was all over all the mixtapes, all the all the Big Mike and DJ White Owl tapes. Rest in so, peace to DJ White Owl. I remember those tapes growing up. Yeah, man. R.I.P. That's some legendary mixtapes. He's, he's not yeah. brought up enough. Right, he yeah. He's, he's very underrated, DJ White Owl. Yeah, he's a legend, man. He, big, 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 big moving piece in the um in the mixtape era. One hundred percent. When did you get into the battle rap scene? At what point? So I was battle rapping at the age of sixteen. So right when I got out of juvie, um, Cassidy was another one of my favorite rappers. And I really, for for whatever reason, I really looked up to Philly rappers a lot, like Reed Dollars, um, Cicero, and. And the whole battle rap scene. So I'm like, all right, cool. Like maybe this would be my way in. So I started, I started off with grind time battles. Um, you know, I'm driving throughout all of Florida, Jacksonville. I'm driving to Fort Fort Lauderdale, Orlando to do battles. And uh, I remember the first time I went to go meet Faisal from Royal Dollar, I had a battle that day. And um I drove to Miami, man. This guy picked me up in a cherry Bentley with the soft top. And took me to the club with Floyd Mayweather. I was 16 years old, like, handing me a fucking bottle of uh, rosé. And I'm like, man, fuck this battle rap shit. Like, I want to be a rapper. I want to make music. I want to make music for these clubs. And, uh, yeah, I never I never battled again. <laughs> you only had three battles. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, yeah, I did. I had three. I had them taken down. But uh, they're out there on the dark web somewhere. <laughs> Uh, but you were able to transition into being a hip hop artist who releases songs, goes mainstream, gets records going. How was that transition for you? Because it's sometimes difficult for battle rappers to transition in that lane. And it's interesting to hear one that was yeah. successful at doing that, which is yourself. So so what I think it was, I think I was a songwriter who turned battle rapper. Um, I think battle rappers have harder times writing songs. So, you know, my transition was kind of backwards So because I always wrote music as a form of expression. So when I started battling, I was just trying to, like, finesse my way into the into the game, um, you know, using my resources. So that's why I think it was smooth for me. But 
I'm ready for any smoke and any. I can't wait to get into beef with somebody because I I'll wrap circles around somebody just because that's part of my history. Drop an ether track on them. Yeah, exactly, man. I'm waiting for somebody. To play. <laughs> Growing up, since you mentioned the the beefs and the diss tracks, what is your favorite battle between two famous rappers in which they were exchanging beef tracks? Mm, that's a fucking great question. Um. I mean, it was a short battle, but one of my favorites was definitely 50 and Kiss. Mm. It was short. Um, the whole D block and, and uh, going and 50 was hard. Um, what else? For entertainment purposes, I loved I loved M- the Eminem versus Benzino. With Source Magazine. That was fun. Yeah, that was yeah. fun to watch. Um, um, obviously, Hovind Nas, but I feel like everybody will say that. So I, That's too I, cliche. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Originally, if things didn't pan out in hip-hop, you may well have been an R&B singer, just a singer in general, because you had a big pop CD collection in sync, mm-hmm. Kids on the Block. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, that's kind of like what I used to listen to first. I don't know if I'd have been a singer because I had a deep ass voice as a kid, um, so I couldn't really sing. But yeah, I loved, and, and I think that that helped me shape my um, shape me as a songwriter because I listened to pop first, and I used to study like not only like listen to like Backstreet Boys and these guys, but I used to like study them, like study the way they the, the songs were written. And J Lo, like I remember, I wanted if I'd want a J Lo CD, like. I didn't want to ask my pops for it because I feel like he looked at me weird. So I'd ask my, I had, I would have my little sister ask for it, and then obviously it'd be mine. Um, but yeah, I would just study the music, man. I would study the melodies and and words. And that would help you to be a songwriter. How did you get connected with Mona Scott? People that don't know. Yeah, so me and Mona Scott linked through my man Don Quan. Um, shout out to Don Quan. He's a big Brooklyn legend. Um, I met Don Kwan through Mello, who was Faye's partner in Royal Dollar. Um, yeah, so me and Mona Scott, we got started before she was doing Love and Hip Hop. Um, this is my 12th grade year in high school. And um, yeah, Mona was too intense for me, man. I was still, you feel me? She was like, she, Mona didn't play. She didn't fuck around. Um, she believed in me. Yeah, no, nah, she definitely believed. She definitely believed. Um, I don't know if I believed in myself the way she believed in me at the time, which is why I did, that's which is why I really didn't work out. I don't think I was ready. But um definitely shout out to Mona Scott. Happy to see her doing well. With your depression state, do you feel as though that you're fully recovered from it? Because we've heard the album Before I Jump and just yeah. everything that you've gone through in the past with addiction, the ecstasy and overcoming that. Yeah. How's your state of mind right now in 2022? I'm good. That's a great that's question. Good. Yeah. Um I think I think the I think depression, man, even even when it goes away, it's dormant. You feel me? I think it's like a we just gotta keep fighting. I think it's a long, it's a long hill battle. Like 2021 was my most uh successful, financially successful year ever. And um, you know, we kind of took a few L's at the end and you know, I I I I caught depression coming back. And you know, what happens is you your 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 mind, your mental gets stronger after. And, you know, you're able to fight it off, you know, but, you know, the thoughts is always, it's just dormant. 
yeah. but a good space right now, man. I'm focused. Um, just hired a spiritual coach to help with that. You know, sometimes we need help. Yeah. yeah. I understand what you're going through because I went through some rough patches last year in my life because this entertainment industry, it's, that's just what comes yeah. with it. And mm-hmm. it's insane because artists, not too many artists speak about it, but they're going through it in their private lives. I can tell you that 100%. And the fact that you've been so outspoken about it and even dropping an album before I jump, was there any yeah. artist that reached out to you or anyone in the music industry or entertainment industry in general that said that you saved their lives with this or you had an impact in what they were dealing with at the time? Um, it's a, it's a couple, you know, it's crazy. It's a lot of young, it's like, it's a lot of, it's a lot of execs now that were younger while I was, you know, within those times that are now in position. And now they're like, yo, you know, we grew up listening to you. Like, thank you. So, you know, that's, I'm having a lot better relationships with execs at, and people at these companies now because they're not the same, like, sour old heads that were there before. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I do get that a lot, surprisingly. And, you know, that was a battle I went through with, uh, like, with the La Farmacia album. I had to ask myself, like, yo, what about the people, you know, that were dealing with depression? Like, can they still relate to where I'm at today? And, uh, you know. And they can. I think they can 100%. You go back and you revisit your discography and you still, you you never change up your message because that's the the battle rapper and the true MC in you. And that's why I'm looking forward to this upcoming album produced by Justice League because you want it to be a straight hip hop album with Benny Butcher, Griselda, Freddie Gibbs. Yeah. Hell yeah. Me and Benny got some shit. Um, Yeah, bro. Oh, yeah. That's tough. With depression, just elaborating on that conversation, because people can really relate to your story and your true inspirations to them. Do you think it was something just it was all in your head where that you had to get past what you were going through? Is it is it yourself that makes you yourself so depressed or is it something that you experience within the industry? What is it that really causes it, you think? Because I think it's something in just inside of your head that you have to figure out a lot of times that your mind's playing tricks on you kind of thing. Yeah, so my spiritual coach actually uh, been teaching me a lot. A lot lot of it goes back to our childhood, bro. And there's just a lot of wounds that we never healed and we take into our adulthood. And, you know, we're coping with them in all these toxic ways. And um, it's just about, it's just wounds. It's just healing certain wounds, you know? And I think it all goes back to our childhood. You know, if you want to get deeper, sometimes it could go back to like a past life. But, um you know, in my case, uh, you know, my childhood was pretty was pretty wild. And uh, yeah, just trying to get right, man. Yeah. And I'm glad to see that you're still going. You're still being successful. And I, I've heard you say in other interviews that you want to destroy the music industry. You want to destroy it and remove yeah. it in your way. You don't need to yeah. have this big label backing you and all this. Right. You, you have your own plan and agenda. Right. Well, yeah. Well, sort of. Yeah. So the most beautiful thing about, um, you know, the last two years for me was I was just able to create all these other businesses outside of music where I'm not so dependent on these A&Rs and these tastemakers. Like, man, I'm just, you know, I'm doing music for my fans and because and, and I love it and because I feel it's what God put me here to do. So, you know, I'm I'm good, bro. Like I'm up. You feel me? I don't need nothing from these people. So now I'm able to just create and drive around and, 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 and be me, man. And basically I just want to, I want to be, I want to show others like as much as we love music, 
you know, there's nothing wrong with creating other forms of revenue in order to be able to make music, you know? Um, so yeah, but I'm just getting started. And once I really finally get my whole foot in the door, like I'm gonna open up more doors for other entrepreneurs to get money outside of music so that we don't need these clowns at record labels and these tastemakers that like to, you know, that has just sucked the substance out of, out of this thing that we love. Especially with hip hop. And you've spoken about it before, not really aiming for making a radio track anymore and staying mm-hmm. true to yourself as an artist and just releasing what you do, what you've been doing. And, and it's because I know what you're going through. Cause I interview a lot of artists that deserve their flowers and their credit in this industry, because you've been dropping for a while and, you think about it, I'm putting out this great content. People can relate to it. My fans relate to it. But where's my credibility and praise from the industry? And I think that's what gains on an artist. And a lot of people, a lot of times, artists will tap out. And you haven't tapped out. And that's important. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. That's one of the things people tell me, man. Like, yo, this is proof of, like, when you don't stop. And I'm a, I am am hip-hop. You feel me? Like, that's why I feel like there is no stopping. Like, this no. is what I do. I'm a writer. You feel me? I'm be it's what I do is it's the way I is the car I drive, it's the way it's the lifestyle. It's not just music. You feel me? It's a lifestyle and mm-hmm. it's all I know. So I can't how can I stop? Yeah. Like I feel like when people stop is because they were doing it for the wrong reasons. Mm. You know? I know you've moved around just not just Egypt, but around the United States as well. Your time in LA, Brooklyn. Right. What, what was the most life changing move besides Egypt in, that would help your career out in the United States? The most life changing move, I'll probably say, I would probably say, hmm, I'd probably say LA. Mm. When I moved to LA to do before I jumped, that's my second time living in LA. And man, when I tell you I was depressed, I was depressed. You feel me? Like, LA's already LA already got like a weird energy, you know. Um, just in a sense of like, you know, people's not really genuine. You know, it's, it's a lot of faking going on. You know, it's a lot of oh, so what do you do so I can use you going on? So just being out in a city like that, away from home, already battling my demons, and I had a daughter on the way. My daughter was, you know, was on the way, and I'm just like, man, like I can't bring a little girl into this into struggling, into trying to make it, into not having, into being an alcoholic. And you feel me? So um, that's when before I jump was being made. And then I just, you know, that very trip, I lost most of my friends. I mean, pretty much everybody. I had nothing, I had nobody. And um, I feel like that's when I really truly knew what rock bottom was. And then from rock bottom, there's only one way up. Only one way out is up. And um, just me being able to hit that floor, you know, let me get back up and shoot for the moon. And you don't need friends in this industry. All you need is yourself and to make sure that everything that's going in your life is on track. That's the only thing that matters. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Say that. Yeah. Because I know a lot of artists who are successful. Usually when you're successful, you lose your friends. And that's just that's normal. Right. <laughs> Right, it right. really is because I I've experienced that and other artists I've talked to experienced that and that's that's how you know you're doing something right and you're on the right path. Right when you start growing, some people, yeah. Mm-hmm. Leon Thomas, he's someone I'm that you've right. collaborated with. He's a creative. Yeah, man, he's probably the most talented person I ever met. 
How'd you guys get connected? We met in LA actually around that time um, at a house party. That's probably probably one of the be- best things that came up out of LA for me. Um, me and Leon, we met at a house party, just exchange info. And um, I sent him a song um, called Crazy Love. And he was just like, yo, I like the way you rap, but let's work. And I pulled up the next day and, you know, probably five years ago, we just been cooking to get, uh, together since. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had the chance being from Miami to meet Uncle Luke, Luther Campbell at all? Nah, I knew his son, though. You did? <laughs> yeah. That would be a that would be a great song if you guys got in the booth. Yeah, <laughs> right, to, to Miami legends, your right. future one. That would be crazy. It would be. No, I'm looking forward to everything that you got coming up here, and you know just what you're doing for the game out here for hip hop, staying true to your craft because we need more people like you. We need that's why it's important for artists such as yourself not to give up, and I'm, I'm glad that you made it this far in the game and, and continue right. to go. Thank you, man. I'm in, I'm in it to the finish, bro. <laughs> 84. That was yeah. an important project. That you, yeah. you named it 84 because that was the year that Michael Jordan got drafted and you felt as though yeah. that you, you were the next thing in the music industry. What's been the project that you've released or album so far that you're most proud of? The album I'm most proud of... Um... Man, right now I would say La Farmacia. La Farmacia is just because it allows me to see my growth. Um, and, you know, it just allows me to see all the things that I've manifested on other albums that are here in the physical today. You know? That's an important one. La Farmacia is me, like, I'm free. You feel me? Like, the change is off. Like, I've defeated most of my demons. And, um, you know, it's the chapter right definitely. Dios Mios, the remix with French Montana. Someone played him the record, he heard it, and then all of a sudden he said, let me get on that remix. Yeah, shout out to French, man. Shout out to French. Uh, shout out to Coke Boys. Um, yeah, we shot that out in the Bahamas. Um, I, spent, I, spent, I, spent, I spent quite some time with French and, and the Coke Boys, man. Um, they actually brought me into Islam. Wow. In the Bahamas, took my shahada with uh, French there. That's crazy. Yeah. Insane. How's <laughs> yeah. been the tour experience throughout your career? Made in America, you've been on tour with Kid Ink, Wale. How's been the tour experiences for you? Yeah, touring. I love touring, man. I love touring. You know, hopefully this COVID thing uh, relaxes. I mean, or, re- or, you know, or we just adapt to it and, you know, tours open back up. Um. Yeah, tours. Tours is dope. Excited. You're gonna have some tours on the way soon with an upcoming oh, project. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. We put together a show uh, in New York next month. I'm gonna be at SOBs. Um, and then we'll yeah, we'll announce everything else. It's gonna be tough. I know you're working on a new project that, especially the album with produced by Justice League. Is that gonna be That's, the new release? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's called Saint Lazarus. Saint Lazarus. Lazarus, yes, sir. What's the meaning behind the title? Um, uh, number one, uh, my name is Lazaro. Okay. Um, um, and just the story of Lazarus rising from the dead, and that's what I feel like you know happened to me. Um, and in Santeria, that's also my saint, Saint Lazarus. Um, and Saint Lazarus is the saint that my mother prayed to, 
to come to this country and she promised him that if she had a son, she would name him after him. So I just feel like it's uh, St. Lance is very important in my life. It's spiritual. I feel as though, do you have a feeling inside yourself that 2022 is your year? Because I think so. I mean, I just feel like that shit is, you know, cliche. Oh, this year is my year. I feel like every year is my year. And, um, you know, I just, listen, as long as I get healthier and happier and richer than I was last year, you know, that's all I'm aiming for, bro. I see big things coming for you, especially this year, because you've been putting in a lot of work for years and then French Montana hopping on your track and just all then you're in a room with Kanye, but you've been in a room with Jay-Z and you were yeah. all when you met him because this is someone that you grew up listening to but yeah. you've been working for years. Right, right, right. Yeah, man. You know, seeing guys like Jay-Z and Kanye, like fucking rare Pokemon, you feel me? Like, <laughs> and I have not been drunk. I probably wouldn't even said nothing to you. You know, these are like, I didn't grow up watching like Spider-Man and Superman. Like, these were my heroes. Yeah. Yeah. How was your time with Pay Up? Pay Up? Oh, man. Yo, you're good. You're good. Um, shout out to the Pay Up game. Yeah, that was my first rap crew. Pay that was my um, Yeah, man, these was elite MCs in the city, man. And it was already popping. And um, when I moved out there, you know, I remember... Being like, yo, you know, this is like, I want to be, like, my dream is to be part of this collective. And I did. And, you know, we had an amazing run together. You're inspired by Dipset. So I'm not surprised that you were in a collective early on. Yeah, man, these were MCs. I was, you know, I was the youngest one. So I had to really, I had to really, you know, I had to really step up. So shout out to Pay Up. Shout out to Andre DeSaint. He just sent me a record to jump on. And, um, yeah, man. Busy Crook, is there anything else you would love to let the audience know? Any more announcements you need to make? Anything you have to promote here, man? Man, just make sure y'all go tune in to La Farmacia. You know, I appreciate everybody on the journey, old and new. I appreciate you, Max. Um, I appreciate the questions. And, uh, yeah, man, let's get it, man. 2022, man, let's make this our year. Yeah, man, for sure. 2022 is our year, your year. You have a lot on the way here. I'm looking forward to the upcoming album. It's going to be one for the ages for hip hop because I know it's going to be a, a, a true hip hop album with lyricism because you're always you're always putting the lyrics on there. But now you've made that statement. You made it official that this is the real rap album. Right, right, right. Let's do it, man. We're here. That's why we're here. Yeah. Busy Crook, I want to thank you again for coming on the show, man. Anytime you want to come on, you're always welcome. I'm looking forward to the upcoming album, the upcoming performances that you have and seeing what you achieve in your future in this industry, man. Mad love, man. It's mad love. Appreciate you, boy. For sure. And they can follow you on Instagram and Twitter at Busy Crook. Yes, sir. Busy Crook. All right, man. Enjoy the rest of your night and stay safe, all right? All right. Peace, gang. Let peace, me know whenever you're in Miami, bro. For sure. 100%, man. I look forward to it. Happy.